Welcome to the Geek Exploration uh, Creator Corner. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. And uh, we are joined today by the man behind the upcoming project Bigfoot Knows Karate, Dan Price. Hey guys, thanks for having me on tonight. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. So I guess jumping right into it, uh, you are the uh, artist and co-author, right, uh, behind uh, Bigfoot Knows Karate. Correct, correct. Um, I came up with the pro- the concept a few years back, just kind of was sitting on it for a while. Didn't It started as a comedy, and then it's kind of worked its way into a more of an action-adventure, psychological thriller situation. Once I kind of nailed down an art style, I really liked the character. That was around 20... 18 but you know life takes you in different directions and i just didn't have a chance to really get to it well then the pandemic hit you know and i've got you know around december my i started kind of getting itchy and my wife was said to me she's like you haven't done a creator-owned book in years why don't you uh why don't you go ahead and uh start something up so i dusted off this idea and you know really wrote a story for it and it was a big deal to me because I didn't want to do the trite you know did Bigfoot gets hurt he gets found by the master the master trains him up yeah. you know and he gets his revenge you know what I mean we've seen the karate kid and all of those before so um, so I really wanted to come up with something different so this is fun you've got you get your a Bigfoot fighting a Cthulhu I mean, how much better does it get? So, plus, uh, th- there's more to it than that. But it's just a lot of it, it's a it's a good it's a good time. So, long answer to a very short question. Sorry about that, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All we've gotten to see was the uh, the website, and uh, it does a pretty good job sure. of spelling it out. But uh, for the listeners, what what is what's Bigfoot doing with all this karate knowledge? Okay, so I want think about it like this: Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill. Okay, that's the high. That's the high concept right Sold. there. That, yeah, that is okay. a solid concept. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's he's like a he's a gentle cryptid warrior. This is a Bigfoot that has been living in a world of isolation. Um, one thing I learned in my research about Bigfoot is that nobody knows anything about Bigfoot. Can I cuss on this, by the way? Or Absolutely. Is this a, a fucking yes. Or? Yes. Please yeah, you do. Can. Okay, so nobody knows fuck all about Bigfoot, right? That's the one thing I learned, except for one thing: nobody's seen a Bigfoot. If nobody's seen a Bigfoot, that's the only rule I took walking in there. And so then my Bigfoot is he's got he's isolated. He's not he's never had any sort of connection. And, and that is something that does plague this character. And he's kind of a he believes in the underdog, which is shown early in the in the project, because the premise for the first issue, it's called, uh, the subtitle is called Hunter Prey, where anyone in the situation can be a hunter and also can be a prey at the same time. Uh, and that role switches throughout the story. It starts off with the sweet little bunny. And you see this Bigfoot in the background, you know, with his two swords ready to go on this bunny. But as you keep going, you find out that he's not going to get the bunny. He's actually saved bunny from the wolf. And so on happens throughout the story. It, it, so there's like a few things happening in this book. It's really a book in four acts almost. And I'm not going to go into all the acts in here, but it's this character study as well as a big smash em up fight between, you know, like I said, Bigfoot Nose Karate versus Kung Fu Thulu. <laughs> and then there's a really, really meaty twist at the end. All right. And so which is going to open up the world that we're really in for the next over five issues, basically. OK, that was going to be my question there is. Kickstarter coming out for issue number one, which is 30 pages, full color. 
So it is a number one of a planned five issue arc. Correct. And so in the first one, we've got Kung Fu Thulu, which we've uh, we've gotten to peep in some of your promo art on uh, what is it, BigfootNoseKarate.com. And uh, what other cryptids are are you planning on bringing out? So for this issue, this is really what we're playing with. Uh, you know, this is our intro to the world. So, you know, start small, work big, right? Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you there will be other cryptids uh, showing up over the course of the, over the issues. That's for sure. Like a Krav Chupacabra? Krav Chupacabra? say that. Yeah, there's something, there's something uh, to be said for that because um, there's a guy on Instagram who has a, uh, who has a character, uh, he, he's reached out to me a couple times. It's like Taekwondo donkey. And oh, I, think he's got a, I think he's got a Krav, <laughs> Krav, uh, I don't know, some sort of turtle or something that does Krav Maga or something like that. Pretty funny stuff. So shout out to that guy. All right. Yeah. Loch Ness Jitsu. You know who you are, Taekwondo donkey guy. So anyway, <laughs> seems like a nice fella. The preview that you have up on the website, it's it's got a, what is it, like a seven or eight page preview? Yeah, seven page preview on the website, and uh, and then you can flip through the art gallery on there as well. Um, that will kind of give you some, not really any of the pages, but, you know, kind of give you more, more illustrations of the characters. And um, also, there's a really, really fat fan art uh, gallery in there. Uh, we have, did I just say fat? Um, uh, we've received over 50 pieces of fan art already for this project and we haven't even launched yet. I'm so grateful to everybody, uh, for getting behind the project. It's been really, really nice, uh, to have that kind of support walking into this thing. So for people who, uh, who are interested in getting into the, the Kickstarter game or people like us who have done it before that are still curious, how'd you get such a, a large following? Um, before launching your project out into the world? So, I mean, I've been, nood- like I said, I've been noodling around with the character. Um, I think my first sketch for, um, first sketches appeared on Instagram back in like 2018. Um, so, I mean, I've been doodling him here and there. Casey, who's my co-writer, saw what I was doing. And he's like, you got to do something with this man. And I said, I know, I'll get to it, I swear, you know. I had taken a break from comics for a while. I was raising a family, you know, other things came up, you know. And when, like I said, you know, around December, you know, it was, it was, I, I was getting itchy enough to where it was time to do another creator own. So Casey really pushed me to get me going. And I came back to him with, you know, basically kind of a Bible for the next five issues and said to him, okay, now you got to help me um, because I'm used to drawing and writing. One shot comedy comics. You know, I used to have a character named Latex Avenger. He had a sidekick named Spermicidal Foam Lad. Together they <laughs> repelled crime 99.9% of the time. I did that book for a long time and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, this is like, you know, a much bigger scope project than anything I've worked on before. Yeah. And Casey's a hell of a writer. I mean, he's, he's a good friend, hell of a writer. I mean, we worked on stuff together for the Comic Jam, and he has a book right now called Voodoo Child uh, that it's on. They just finished their second Kickstarter, and it's incredible. And so working with him is an absolute treat. I don't remember what the original question was now because uh, I've just been yammering <laughs> on. So if you want to remind me of it, if I missed anything, no, let no. me know. No, we were talking about Kickstarter and how to do it. And I, yeah. I think we were just impressed with your ability to get fan art for a project that hasn't launched. 
Right. So um, with the uh, Instagram, I mean, that was really, that's been really the key is Instagram. I have, uh, I've been playing on Instagram and just having some fun with it. Just got connected with a really good group of people. And, uh, you know, and Instagram is so different than any other social media out there. It's so oh, supportive. Yeah. Question for you, if, if you don't mind, well, we can bleep it out if you don't want our listeners to hear, but what is your Instagram? I'm going to go look at it and follow you. Oh, no, you. no, yeah. It's just like my Discord, uh, at Danomite139. That's D-A-N-O-M-Y-T-E-139. So that's also my Twitter handle, Discord, what else? And uh, I have a TikTok I've barely played with, but that's the same thing there, too. Followed. Okay. So it's been fun. Um, Instagram is just an incredible, incredible place because... Not only has there been like fan art, I met the the cover artists, uh, the uh, the two variant cover artists. I met them over Instagram. The second one, I was I was only planning on doing one, uh, doing. Um, I have a regular edition and I have a deluxe edition, and I'd love to talk about those uh, cool. and tell you the difference between those. But I was only planning on doing my cover and then a variant and then the deluxe edition. And then a gentleman um, named Adam Caswell sent me a piece of fan art. In fact, I have it right here. Um, he sent it to me in the mail. Um, can I show you? Well, it's an audio podcast. I guess y'all don't really care to see it. You can show it to us, but no one else will see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested in seeing it. Yeah. Oh, here. Okay. Oh, no, those are a different ones. I've gotten a lot of stuff in the mail, guys. I mean, it's been, it's been really, I got one yesterday. I mean, it's been That's really awesome. incredible. People have just been sending me stuff. I, I can't believe it. But this one, so he mailed me this as fan art. Oh, I saw that on your Instagram oh, briefly, yeah, yeah. and it looks freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, he said, I'm going to mail this to you, and it's free. I don't want you to do anything. I said, dude, I can't. I, I, how about this? How about I pay you, and you do, and I use this as a variant cover. And, I mean, there was just no way in God's green earth I could do, not pay this guy yeah. for this piece, you know, and not use it. I'd be crazy not to, frankly. Expect some art from me coming in the mail. Lots of it. If your guilty conscience makes you pay artists before, uh, <laughs> don't ask yeah, right, no doubt. Right? Yeah, definitely bleep this stuff out then for sure. Don't, don't show that. But this is the variant, the other variant cover. Oh, that's cool too. This is just another piece of fan art. I mean, it's just crazy. So, um, I can't believe, I mean, honestly, doing a character named Latex Avenger, I was so used to people just <laughs> not either hating my work or not giving a shit that this is a really big difference that people have gotten so into the character. I'm really stoked. Yeah. 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 Reading your bio, it looks like you, you've done quite a bit of comic book work over the years. Do you mind talking a little bit about what you've done and kind of how you got into it? Sure. Um, okay. So how I got into it, I mean, look, I was a... I was a teenager in 92 when it popped. I mean, look, I loved comics and I loved drawing and yeah, it would have been kind of fun to work at Marvel and DC and all that stuff. But I loved creator owned comics. That whole concept just was so exciting to me because I loved creating my own characters and to own them and to be able to run that as I wanted to. So when image happened, I mean, that was the beginning for me. I just was started creating my characters and coming up with, teams and ideas and they all were pretty much a facsimile of all the other crap that was being on big guy leader dude yeah, Vlad, you know you know what i'm talking about the Blood dude who has claws or something really it, I, I did some work for a small little press in uh clear lake outside of houston and that kind of got me started but 
I didn't really, really get into it until I was actually around 30. I decided, you know what? I've never really gotten to do my own book. I came up with Latex Avenger and sent and made that happen. And it was, it just kind of took a life of its own, basically. And I did, you know, the first issue, then I got addicted. And so I was, I did regular issues and then I did stuff called quickies, which were just short issues and really small stories. So I had Latex Avenger quickies. Then there was a Latex Avenger multi quickie, uh, you know, I mean, just <laughs> really ridiculous, terrible puns. Um, but I, it caught the eye of a publisher who thought that it was very cool, very blue. They wanted me to remove the thing off his head, change his name, all this stuff. I said, that's just not happening. But I did have another concept, and it was called Masters of the Obvious. And Masters of the Obvious was like a sci-fi space parody. Uh, you had characters like Dr. Biclops. He had two eyes. And then there was the <laughs> visible woman. You can't miss her. And uh, Dorkulon, the indentured geek robot, the amazing Todd, what's amazing about him, what's not. And uh, LeBron, the snapping turtle. Don't make him snap. You wouldn't like him when he snaps. So uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, they flew around in a toaster called the USS Screensaver. And uh, had pop culture <laughs> adventures throughout the galaxy. Um, I love coming up with crazy characters. I mean, let me just start say that. I mean, I've got Manibus, the kaiju pot monster, Kosher the pig. My grandparents are characters in Latex Avenger. I mean, <laughs> so it's like I, I, I'm Sexy Nurse America, Venus Flytramp. I mean, I can keep going. just come up with so many nutty characters over the years. After a few years, I was working with a partner for a while. He came on while I was working on Latex Avenger and took over the art chores. Uh, we did Masters of the Obvious together, and then we also did this project for the Stan Lee Foundation called uh, Excelsior, The Uphill Adventures of a Boy Named Stanley. And that was, it supposed Stan Lee as a little kid in his neighborhood dealing with the neighborhood bully called Galakowitz. And Galakowitz was, <laughs> was a big guy and wore a purple shirt. And he, uh, and I don't know if y'all remember the commercial about, you know, I'm, are you Dr. Galakowitz? You know, or anyway, it's a lot old commercial. But that's where I got the name, playing off of Galactus. And he had a little buddy named Harold who wore a silver shirt and had a skateboard. And, uh, and they bullied the neighborhood. So Stanley and Reed and uh, Susie had to go and create their own superhero out of a kid named Parker Peterson, where they're going to stick him through about a thousand volts of electricity or something like it, some sort of gigawatt. But we did this thing for a webcomic for Stanley Foundation and uh, Pow Entertainment. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it was neat because you got your stuff tweeted by Stanley. I mean, how cool That's is that? That's pretty rad. Yeah, and and your stuff sounds super entertaining, like ju just conceptually, like all all of your character names, like Im immediately. Like I know we're talking, we're we're here to talk about Bigfoot knows karate, but is there a place sure. where where this other stuff lives? Not really, right now. I have a website of it, but it is kind of a, it's kind of a un un published right now i'm just kind of focusing on bigfoot nose karate at some point i will collect all of this stuff well not all of it so some of it's pretty shameful uh some of it will get collected <laughs> into a bigger book and uh will i will do that but the thing about it i told you i can i created this uh well not latex avenger but masters and excel i created those with a guy named bonadami uh, Bond passed a few years ago. And so while I own the trademarks on it and all of that, I'm just letting it rest for a while. Yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, I'm not ready to, I'm not really to, you know, I thought about going back to the well and working on stuff that was established, but I needed to do something fresh. I needed to do something, you know, kind of separate myself from it for a little while. I'll come back to it. And there is going to be a latex Avenger uh, book that is coming out actually in 2022 or 2022. 
And uh, that would be a long wait for that book if it was 2222. Um, <laughs> I don't know if y'all ever heard of an indie book called uh, Halloween Man by chance. I have not. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Halloween Man. It's been around a long time. It's a great book. It's done by another uh, another Austin creator, Drew Edwards. And so we're doing a crossover book. Uh, it's going to be Halloween Man meets Latex Avenger. And so uh, that's already been written, and the artist is working on it right now. So we're there is going to be an opportunity to see Latex Avenger in action at least one more time. So um, we'll see how it goes. But this is a little bit more toned down than my my label did. Uh, Drew has is a respected comic creator and uh, <laughs> one of those. been nominated Ugh. for Ringo. Yeah, he's been he's been nominated for Ringo Awards. So we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep the language down a little bit. So, yeah. uh, but he's a great guy, and I definitely was excited to do this project with him when he asked. So it's gonna be fun. Being a writer and an artist, um, what do you prefer, and what are the highs and lows of drawing a book yourself? You know that you've written versus just writing for another artist or even drawing a book for a different writer, if you get into that. Okay, so I do like working for other people. Um, I do like doing artwork for other for other creators. I've done some stuff for Halloween Man. I've done some stuff for Guano Guy and Mr. Marvelous Man by Mark Darden. It's kind of fun doing some work for hire. Um, I'm used to doing my own thing all the time. I love to write. I love to, I love to draw it. What I really like to do is I like to bring a concept to life and then if possible pass it off to someone you know like i i did the first three issues and the first couple of quickies all by myself on latex avenger and when i met bond at 24 hour comic day back in like 2011 or something like that 10 um 12 i don't remember uh but when we met you know he came on as the artist on that book and i then i started developing masters of the obvious i was going to do masters the artwork from masters myself but Bond saw it and he goes, I'd like to work on that. Do you want to talk about the Kickstarter? Let us know uh, sure. what uh, kind of what's on offer and wh- what people can expect and when. Yes, and I would love to do that. Get I would into love the goods. to do that. So I'm doing something a little different. Um, this is my first first Kickstarter, but uh, you know, I love creativity and imagination, especially when it comes to advertising and marketing. And so I'm trying something different. I did some research uh, with my audience and uh, they're jazzed for it. Gonna have a regular edition 30 page book, okay? And that's gonna have uh, you know the, the the whole story. There's gonna be a variant cover, uh, my cover, and then there's gonna be the variant cover by Matthew Skillern. Then we're doing a deluxe edition of the book, okay? And the deluxe edition really came about by the, from the support of everybody on Instagram uh, because we received so much fan art. Um, I am including a, a 10 page fan art gallery in the book in the back of the book as well as some extra sketches of mine. And uh, of what's what's to come more than really what I've done in the past, but, you know, kind of giving you a little foreshadowing of what we're going to be doing. And then something really awesome that I've never seen anybody else do. We're doing a director's commentary. And uh, so this is going to be really different. Uh, there'll be a QR code in the in the in the deluxe edition. If you click on that QR code, it's going to take you to a private video on YouTube. And there's going to be myself, Casey Allen and a few extra guests. Uh, Dennis Valencia has already agreed to join us. So, and then we're gonna have a couple more people, and we're gonna go through the book page by page, talk about what brought what how we got here, you know, what we're doing in the comic, and then where we're going in the future. Like I said, there's a really meaty twist, so I've been really reticent to really talk about what the story actually is. So, um, it's it, look, it's a good hook. Bigfoot knows karate, kind of spells out what we're doing, but. It's, 
it's everything you think it's going to be. It's so much more. And so what this director's commentary is going to allow us to do is really expound on that, on where we're going. And so and give you insight on the book than you would regularly get just from just reading it by yourself. So that's a really cool idea. Like I'm, I'm I'm really jealous that I never thought of that. Is it, is it kind of like a read along thing where like you guys are going to be flipping through the book and chatting about it as you go? Well, I wouldn't say we're going to be like doing voices or anything like that, but, um, you know, (laughs) but yeah, we'll, we'll go through it and, you know, we'll do it over zoom. I'll record it and then, you know, cut it all together and have some, some of the pages in there and that sort of thing. So we can, you know, people can have a visual of what's going on with it. I hope my video editing skills can handle it. We'll see. But it should be a lot of fun. I've never tried this before, but I've always wanted to do something like that. I've been talking about it for years. You know, how would you do a director's commentary for a comic book? And so we'll have the I'll be doing a cover for the deluxe edition. And we'll also have a cover by uh, Adam Caswell, who is this will be his very first comic book work. He found me on Instagram. He was the gentleman who I showed you the artwork a minute Mm -hmm. ago. Uh, He just kind of found me one day. I never I don't I mean, I don't really remember even having conversation with him. And he said, hey, let me show you my Cthulhu I'm drawing. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this amazing piece, and so had to get him involved with it. So the deluxe edition should be really fun. I'm also doing some T-shirts. An old friend, Josh Flower, he sent me a piece of artwork, and I was like, okay, that's just too beautiful not to use. So we made a deal. I paid him for that as well. And, uh, you know, I couldn't – I had to do it because everybody saw the artwork on Instagram. It was like, so when are you making T-shirts of that? So huh. – we are. And you can already get shirts and mugs and all that stuff on my website. Uh, there's a tea Public store. Yeah, I saw that on the website. Yeah. Funny story about that. Um, so I put up the stuff on my tea Public site. I mean, I've had a tea Public site for years. Put up some Bigfoot stuff, and it's been selling pretty well. Uh, well enough, I guess, that somebody felt the need to bootleg it. Uh, so there was no artwork on Redbubble, and there was artwork on Amazon. T-shirts, stickers, all sorts of stuff. And it was just direct lifts of my artwork. I couldn't wow. believe it. Well, that, that's when you know you've made it, when people are stealing your shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I took it as a compliment, frankly. They liked it They liked it enough to steal it. You know, I mean, so I'm really excited. I mean, I'm really excited that they, they wanted to steal it. I'm really excited that people want to draw it. Um, I have, you know, if you can't tell, be enthusiastic about the project. I probably should have brought this up before we got into the Kickstarter, but since we're talking about your art, um, what, what would, can you talk a little bit, a bit about your art and your process and maybe some of your influences as well? Sure. Okay. So I, my workflow is a little different than the average bear. Um, I do, I work digital, I'm completely digital and, um, I've been a graphic designer, art director, creative director for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years. And so I'm really, I'm an illustrator junkie, Adobe illustrator. That's where I work. So I love procreate and clip studio. I think they're great programs, but uh, this is my comfort zone. I mean, so I, I draw an illustrator. So all my line work and basic colors are all vector artwork. So really, uh, yeah, all vector artwork. So wow. put it on the head of a pin or put it on the side of a building and it's not going to lose clarity. Now I do take it into Photoshop when I'm done with the art, with the, with the main artwork. Sometimes it's just the straight page and I do my color corrections or sometimes it's like an assemblage, basically, where I'm putting uh, multiple pieces from the Illustrator on different layers and coloring them separately to put them all together to make the piece work. Uh, okay. It just depends on just depends on what the page needs. But I do a lot of color corrections in Photoshop. 
take it back to Illustrator to do my lettering. And then depending on the output, you know, I'll put it into uh, InDesign and lay out everything in, out in InDesign. I used to do my lettering in InDesign, but I moved back to Illustrator just because sound effects and things like that, I mean, it's not much different than designing a logo, having that vector artwork easily manipulatable. Uh, it, it makes it a lot, you know, a lot faster. So, but the art style itself, I really wanted to have a very loose, grungy, brushy, shows a lot of fluid movement style. I always felt like my artwork is very stiff. And the last thing I wanted this book to look like was stiff. So it's a very gesture drawing, a lot of loose lines in there. I mean, there's purposeful lines in there, don't get me wrong. But I, I mean, I do have a point to what I'm doing. But I try and keep things very loose. The The background designs, If you, I did children's books a few years back. And one of them was about a grandmother who had a dog and a cat. And they went on a picnic and it was a whole thing. And uh, it was not, I just did the illustrations for the writer. That wasn't my, my creation, but um, fun project nonetheless. The art style on those backgrounds that I did there was kind of started with what I did on those children's books. And so um, just loose, or just kind of gestures, not loose, but, you know, just playing with color more than hard lines in the backgrounds, mm -hmm. you know, um, and leaving all the color or all the hard lines in the foregrounds. So Hanna-Barbera, old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, yeah. uh, that's something that is uh, definitely kind of played on what I was doing there a little bit. Um, so it was almost like a painted background, you know, your animated foreground. Yeah. 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 And then um, in terms of like other artists or, you know, that I'm, I've been, I read a lot of indie stuff. I mean, a lot of Kickstarter stuff. That's where my passion is. That's where I, I'm interested. But there's a couple of artists that Frank Miller is a big thing for me. Jack Kirby's a big thing for me. You know, these are the Kirby is everything. I mean, as an artist in comics, if you you got to you got to pay it up to the king and Miller. I love uh, Frank Miller as a writer artist. I mean, he the, he he does it better, I think, as a as a combo guy better than anyone. Um, so I think there's a bit of him and me, you know, in terms of like narrations and things like that. Uh, you'll see that a lot of narration in the book because, you know, Bigfoot's not really a chatty individual, but he's got a lot to say. <laughs> so there'll be a lot, you know, there'll be that influence, uh, there for sure. And I think that comes from Miller. Oh, cool. There you go. So I don't know. Uh, there's another guy, Francis, uh, Lennel Yu. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he does some stuff at Marvel. I saw a few years back. And I love his scratchy style. You know, I, I was going through my comic collection in the last like couple of months and I saw his stuff and I was like, yeah, this is really great. It was so different than other things because there's so much realism in comics today, which there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy what you enjoy. But his his style just was something different. It almost had like a Walter Simonson feel to it. Yeah, his stuff's really good. Like he, I think he first popped up on Wolverine in like the late 90s or early 2000s and he's He's been oh, really? mostly at Wall, uh, at uh, at Marvel, and he did um, like Superman Birthright, you know, a number of years ago. But one book, if you if you dig his stuff, like one thing that he did that was much different than all of his uh, mainstream work, it was uh, it was called High Roads. It was a it was an image book. I don't think it was on the cliffhanger imprint. It may have been homage to I can't remember, but it was an image book called High Roads, and it is fantastic. His work is gorgeous and different in that. Yeah, I will look that up. I'm writing it down as we speak. So cool. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really. He's somebody that I'm really, uh, I'm enjoying. His work's a little stiff, but it's scratchy. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And it's just different. 
a lot of headshots in this thing, which I'm, I'm, which is cool. I mean, it helps. Pre- I, I really like to tell the story. Like, if you never had any words in the book, you could still understand what was happening. And so, a lot of talking heads kind of doesn't allow that to happen so much. So, um, I'm sure as I have to in the other next uh, subsequent issues, there'll be a little bit more of that as we get into exposition, uh, you know, and move the story forward. But in this one, you can really see what's happening. That very bit of advice was something that I that I heard. So I, I feel like I read it in Wizard Magazine when I was a, a, a kid, like some creator was saying that, that that's exactly what good storytelling is, is that you can tell what's happening in the comic book without word balloons. And that's always been my focus as well. Like that, that is, that is yeah. 100% what I strive for every time I draw something. Yeah. I love to make a story flow mm-hmm. and it's easier to do that in this genre, frankly, than it was in comedy. Comedy is just two people sitting there half the time, you know, chit chatting. Hey, let me make a, let me make a joke. You and I'm going to make a joke back. And, you know, you know, there would be, action in the latex Avenger book, but it was about a page and a half of fighting and the rest of the time it was just some jibber jabbering at each other. So um, this is more cinematic, if you will, you know, more, like I said, it's just a larger scope story. For this book, what made you want to shift from comedy to something more serious? All those years I was doing comedy, um, uh, they were a fun time, but it was just a younger time. Uh, I love writing comedy. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but you know, I've grown up. I've matured as a writer. I mean, over the years, I've written I've written a play that was entirely and uh, formed entirely out of movie quotes. Um, so, like, <laughs> literally, uh, you put all the quotes together to, to, to you know build a narrative. And uh, we did that for a short fringe festival here in Austin. It went really far in the festival. It was a lot of fun. Um, I've done stuff like that. I've written for magazines. I've written written. I'm working on a book of short stories in my spare time. And, um, you know, and those stories have evolved very differently than than the comedies. Comedies kind of write themselves for me. And that's fun. That's great. But I want to challenge myself as a creator all the time. Uh, And so doing something different is always like the biggest driver for me. It doesn't matter if it is um, if I go from writing to painting to drawing comics to, you know, there's a few things I like to do and I just kind of shift around on them. And, uh, you know, right now this is kind of the direction I'm in for the last, you know, last while. So, um, but different is the driver every single time. So I've never done an action adventure story. I've never done psychological thriller. I've never done, you know, I've never done it. So let's do it. I'm ready. Fuck. Yeah. 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 And a comedy story, the, the one thing you don't have, I bet is, somebody who's very quiet and introspective. No, and that's something I'm getting to play with here. I've always had kind of a story in the background for Bigfoot. And in every incarnation, whether it was the comedy or whether it was the, you know, incarnations from the going into the drama action story that I'm doing now, loneliness was always the biggest factor. That was something that I always came back to, uh, that this character would have that lack of connection and that was a and that it's not that I said he was a, he roots for the underdog I don't know that it's really that but like just having something to to fight for to having something to believe in uh you know and having anything like that that I think that just helps fulfill him in a different way that he hasn't had previously I'm really looking forward to this. Like, like have, having, having just, cause like Ben said, all, all we really got to see ahead of time was the website, but it's been really cool 
getting to chat with you about this and to hear your thought process and your process and your influences and stuff like it's actually pretty inspiring here as you know a, a comic creating duo ourselves here like it's inspiring to just hear like all the stuff you're doing and the the sheer output and always trying to do something different like i'm 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 a bit envious you know like I, but but it but it gives me something to strive for thank you first of all i appreciate that i mean yeah we'll exchange contact information if you ever want to you know chit chat or text or something about that you know let me know i'm seriously i'm happy to um also i forgot to say something about my process i told you i draw an illustrator mm -hmm. uh, i don't use a stylus i draw with my finger and a mouse i forgot what to say that what? too so <laughs> I, I draw with my finger i draw with my fingertip uh if you ever check uh my instagram over to the igtv side of my instagram and you can go back and see like old live streams i do with because i i host live draws on my instagram and um and so i'll have you know two three four people uh, two or three four of us in there and um you can see me drawing with my finger now it's reversed it looks like i'm left-handed on my instagram but that's just because i'm drawing with the with the selfie cam on my phone but i i do draw with my fingertip and uh it's just how i'm comfortable drawing how i'm comfortable working yeah that's bonkers yeah i i, I just recently made the switch to to digital for my pencils i found i mean i draw on a laptop computer on my illustrator and with my finger um but i found that the stylus I, I can see every single handshake, you know, and every little every little movement in it. And so the there's something about just kind of doing this and not having to control this to the pad, to the to the screen. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot smoother. I, I mean, it really is. It's just a lot smoother. And I'm, you know, and it's Illustrator, so you have a lot of brushes to work with, or you know, find scavenge and you know make your own to. And so I have a lot of those, you know, brushy you know, grungy brushes that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I play with constantly in the, uh, drawings. So you can see that there's like, you know, the eyebrows I've definitely figured out, like there's a couple of, a couple of brushes I really like to use for those eyebrows and, you know, the rest of the thin lines that I use in there. And then, you know, there's just, you know, the grungy brushes for different things. It's the whole thing is completely different than anything I've ever done guys. It really is. How did you figure out to start using your finger? Like, I mean, when you started drawing, were you just finger painting? Or like, I presume you started with a pencil as a kid and then kind of... Oh, yeah. At some point, we're oh, like, yeah. you know what? No, I, My uh, finger's just better. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I know I drew like everybody else, you know, Bristol board, blue line pencils, regular pencils, you know, crow quill, you know, for my ink, you know, as I would do back in the day. And then it turned into Pigma pens and stuff like that. But um, when I got the touchscreen computer... I used to work on a uh, in an HP uh, an HP NV all in one. It was like a 24 or 27 inch monitor, and it was completely touchscreen. And so I was working on that. And then now I have the same computer as a laptop, and it's a 17 inch laptop, and it has more RAM in it and all the same features on the screen. So touching around on the screen, I said, well, I can do this and do that. I can't do touchscreen on Photoshop, but in Illustrator, it works like a champion. So I just use my Photoshop. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I've, I've had my my phone off to the side here, just uh, just peeping through your Instagram while we're going and like seeing some of these reels that, that we've got of you going with your uh, with your finger. It's nuts, like like the the, the different line weights and variances that, that you're actually getting from your finger. That's, well, uh, okay, so that's actually an illusion, though. Okay, so <laughs> it's not that they, it, it's it's not that I'm getting line weight based on pressure on the screen. 
Illustrator works in, in vector and oh, uh, Bezier the, points. Okay, yeah, so as it brush. goes longer, the the line the line drags. So you got to be really smart because if you do one big circle, it's going to be this big fat circle because the the line's going to get thicker as it goes around. So you have to like go in and delete points out to get the line to thin out, or just draw do that circle in three lines. So you'll get the uh, so you'll get your your thicknesses proper. As loose as it looks, there's a lot of there's a lot of manipulation in the lines there. Ah. It's it makes things really editable, you know. Because when you draw in like uh, in you know, if you're drawing raster programs, if you all you can do is just kind of erase back. But here I can go back into the line, pull the line out, manipulate it, grab colors, you yeah. know. Because that's the other part of it. It's not always that I'm drawing in straight lines. Sometimes I'm drawing in shapes too. Okay, um, especially you know how you would like paint something in for your uh, like a, when you're in your regular drawing program, you have your your top layer that has your line work on it, and then underneath you're gonna draw in your color, right? Yeah. Well, instead of like painting it in, I will actually draw out the shape underneath it, um, and then the whole thing just fills with color, color automatically. Yeah. And then putting strokes on there and that sort of thing, get to start manipulating the color that way. Lighter brushes yeah. with hot lighter opacity to kind of paint things in. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different techniques I'm using in here. Oh, that's super cool though, watching that stuff. Yeah, that's unique for sure. All right. So Kickstarter is coming out on October 13th, yeah? Correct. So we're doing something a little different uh for that night. We're gonna okay, so at 6 30 that night, central time, 7 30 Eastern, we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a pre-launch party, okay, on Instagram. And we're gonna have a um, we're gonna have myself and Casey Allen, and then we're gonna be inviting people into the into the live with us. And we're gonna do a pre-launch party seven uh, seven o'clock central. We're gonna hit the launch button and hang out for a couple hours on the Instagram, checking out you know checking in on the how the campaign's doing, but also just hanging out with our friends. We're gonna have probably about 10, 15, maybe up to 20 different people coming in and hanging out for five minutes at a time. And just, you know, hanging out and having fun. We'll have a couple of drinks, I'm sure, over the live and just kind of cheers kicking this thing off. Hopefully it'll go well. We'll find out what happens. But uh, whatever we're going to do, I'm drinking tequila that night. That's for <laughs> sure. So. Man, your, your pregame skills are uh, way better than ours. <laughs> your pre-Kickstarter uh, prep here is, uh, is we need to do more. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we've got two months till launch. We can, we can fuck <laughs> off for a month and a half of that, right? Oh, um, you know, I mean, look, here's the thing. My books, my, I have five pages left to draw on this thing. It is my goal to be completely done with it before we even go to launch. So, um, you know, I, that is my goal. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I've got some travel I have to do for work and some other things, but I am really going to be completely finished with this thing and be ready, have PDFs available for to send out for review and all that stuff like that as the launch is going. So um, try my best, guys. We'll see what happens. Um, but you know, I look, I got to thank Casey. I wish he was here tonight. I really do because he tells the story better than I do. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for him that he's actually taken my manic ass on and, uh, and is putting up with me through this, uh, through this project because, um, he's really, he's the one who's, I feel, feel like he's the one who's really spearheaded this or not, you know, like just 
brought it all together and helped make it all make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I do know what you mean, actually. <laughs> right there. Yeah, that, that, the co-writer position is is the one I've taken up, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But I feel a lot of the time like uh, I don't have anything to do. Like once everything's in production and getting drawn, like I feel like well, I should probably be doing Kickstarter stuff right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is different for me because the co-writer situation. I've never really co-written something with somebody before, not in comics anyway. So and it's a, it's a, because I've done it in other in other medium. I'm comfortable doing it, but in comics, I mean, I came up with the project. You know, Casey came in later on, and so I know he was nervous about you know getting you know changing too much and getting his hands dirty at first uh, because you know he, he didn't know you know he didn't know how precious I was going to take things. And so here's my deal: when I need to be a control freak, I'll be a control freak. But most of the time, I want to hear what he's got to say. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, all I'm doing is being honest right now because I am. And uh, but he knows how to he knows how to roll with me. You know, I mean, it's it's we started out working in the comic jam together. We became buddies, you know, and, and even though we were working on the comic right now, we still are talking about how's your kids? What's going on? You know, I mean. Really, if he lived in town, we'd go and get beers. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those situations. He gets me, I get him, and we really work well together. I've never met him. I mean, we've we've known each other for years now. I've never met him. He lives in Alabama. I live in Austin. Oh, you know, wow. So, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, but we, we talk all the time. And so the, the script has been very fluid in terms of, uh, you know, we spent a good long time trying to figure out the voice for Kung Fu Thulu. I mean, how does a Cthulhu talk out of water? I mean, is the breathing an issue? Really, what we landed on was a cross between um, Robert De Niro and Cape Fear meets Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, that was where we, yeah, that's kind of where we went with this. So I hope it pans out. Uh, yeah, I hope it pans out. Yeah. I found co-writing is, I like it because it, it allows you to kind of bounce ideas off each other and kind of get the best of the best of each person up front and center and you know you've got things that like you really liked and then uh you realize that they're not as good as what the other person came up with and you got to be like all right Mm -hmm. that's better let's do it absolutely casey really like casey was the one who came up with the name kung fu thulu like that's i'm giving up to casey you know and uh he's the one who really paced the fight like, because I had like the beginning and I had the end of the issue. He's the one who really uh, helped me out with the middle and uh, and pacing out the big battle scenes and all of that stuff. And like I said, just put up with me going, calling him up, going, "Hey, what about this?" You know, just he's such a mensch. I'm telling you, he's just <laughs> such, he's such a good boy. This one, he's a he's a good boy. All right, well, we ready to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else uh, you want to plug or, or or any final messages for everybody? All right. So you can find my well, you can find Casey on uh, Twitter and Instagram at robots eat guitar, right? Robots plural eat guitar. Um, you can find him on both of those platforms under that name. You can find me under Danomite139. 
D-A-N-O-M-Y-T-E-139. And uh, that's going to be on Twitter, Instagram, BigfootNoseKarate.com. If you go there, you can find a direct link over to the uh, to the Kickstarter. I mean, if you're interested in merch this early on, we do have that too. Um, check out the, the gallery on the website. You can all the, you know, not all of it. I need, there's a bunch I need to publish, but, or uh, put up there, but you can see a lot of the fan art. Look guys, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, this is the book you didn't know you needed until you, you know, until you saw it. And now you're like, Oh shit, I need this book. Hopefully, hopefully we actually live up to the hype. I'll put it like that. From what I can see now, it looks great. You've definitely hit a chord with some folks. It seems like, like there is palpable interest in this, which is cool. It's cool. It's overwhelming. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I don't want to let anybody down. Yeah, you pre- know what I mean? The pressure uh, is on. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Exactly. I mean, oh my God. And it's a, uh, it's been one hell of a ride. I mean, it has so far, this has been one of the funnest times I've ever had in comics. That's for sure. And in a world and, and during a pandemic where you can't go to a convention where you can't really go do as much as you used to. I look forward to the time I get to go back and do conventions again. But in the meantime, I'm grateful for something like Kickstarter that allows us to have a distribution platform in a time where you can't get out and in the usual ma- manner. So yep. you're going to take full advantage of that. Hell yeah. Um, all right, Dan. Well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, everybody go support Bigfoot Nose Karate. Thank you guys for having me. The website or the Kickstarter starting on uh, on October 13th. Thank you so much. I mean, you already said thank you. I'm like, what do I do? Okay, well, bye. Shit, sorry. Let's do that again. Hey, thanks for having me. No, 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 no. It totally, totally worked.